0: With the interest rates actually increasing, we're starting to see demand fall off slightly, but that is not the entire story. Most people will focus on that and think the housing market's gonna crash because the interest rates went up. But we know, if you've been following the channel for a while, you know there's another side to this and it's supply. In this video, we're gonna deep dive into exactly what's happening with supply and what's about to happen, which is a cause of concern. If you're interested, keep watching. Hey guys, my name is Ravi and welcome back to Personal Finance with Ravi Sharma. If you're new here, smash that subscribe button because I talk about real estate, cryptocurrency and financial freedom. Now in this video, we're going to go through a few stats, a few graphs and really make meaning of the fact that we are in a position where we don't want to be. in. And I'm going to explain that in a little bit. But before I continue, tomorrow I am hosting a live webinar, a Q&A plus webinar for 90 minutes. If you are interested in joining that one, I highly recommend you come because it is jam-packed with stats, graphs and my own step-by-step guide as to what I'm doing over the next 18 months. Exact strategy. So if you are interested, register down below. It's going to be limited. If it's not already sold out, it probably will be sold out. So definitely come through. And there's going to be a few offers as well. So if you're interested in the buyers agency, definitely don't miss that one. So there's a lot of notable YouTubers as well as people coming out, economists included, saying that the housing market is going to crash just like it did in 2008 in the US. Now the US is about to print its official recession number. This is going to cause a little bit more of a concern because the general population are completely unaware of this. But when it comes out, it's going to make news headlines and then people are going to go, if the US market is crashing, that means Australia's market's going to crash. And that's where we start looking at what happened in 2008 and 2009 with the GFC and how it was different here. We saw in the US that prices plummeted by 30, 40, and some areas even went down by 70%. Did we see that in Australia? No, we didn't. No. (laughs) Now, although I wasn't old enough to be buying property back then, I definitely was keen on understanding how that all worked. In fact, all of my HSC was done on the GFC and the 2008 housing crash. So just when you think I'm a complete nerd, I also studied it at school and then decided, Hey, you know what? I'm going to continue learning about this stuff and then be able to create a YouTube channel like 12 years later true story. Now, as we know, as the interest rates increase, that means less people can borrow to buy a new home. Now, that puts further pressure on the rental market. Now, I was talking about this about nine to 12 months ago, and you can check out this video when I first mentioned the rental crisis. Now, it seems like everyone's talking about. It. So, we need to take a step back and realize what's around the corner. That is what I pride myself on. I can look at data, make some meaning of it, and figure out where the next few steps will take us. No one really knows where the market's going to be tomorrow, but I can probably have a good idea of where it's going to be in the next six to nine months now as i said back then i'm saying again that the interest rates moving up slightly are not what i'm concerned by i'm concerned by the solution to the problem which in turn will be the bigger problem now what i mean by that we've gone through this period where the government decided let's print a bunch of money and then drop the interest rates to the emergency levels now as soon as we got out of lockdowns that's when the rates should have started increasing but they didn't not only did the rates not increase but we probably had another six months of stimulus payments going out to people like how did we think that was a good idea now as the economy economies opened up. Some people are still working from home and we've got some commercial real estate in some really bad time. If you are interested in a video about commercial real estate versus residential, definitely leave me a comment down below. I'll be sure to make that video for you guys. Now, what's really interesting is the Centre of Populations latest forecast. They've come out and said over the next 10 years, Australia will grow by 3.5 million people. Let me say that again. 3.5 million people. Now, in normal circumstances, we would go, okay, cool, that's just 3 million on top of what we've got. It's fine let's continue the economy and kick the can down the road. However, we also know that over the last couple of months, we've had some notable construction companies fall. They've defaulted, bankruptcy, liquidation, whatever you'd like to call it, but construction companies are starting to feel a pinch. Why? Well, you've got interest rates going up, which means their holding costs are increasing, especially if they've got equipment and they've gone out and taken loans to buy those things. The increasing costs means that if they lay off people, they can't finish the project, well, they're out of business. Now, there is some more complexity to that, but overall, that's pretty much what's happening. If you couple that with the fact that the the actual goods needed to build a home has increased substantially, then you also have another problem with the fact that they can't get the supply on time to build these homes, these projects, and that's when they get paid. And according to the Housing Industry Association, the average time to build a home is now 12 months, which is actually 50% higher than pre-COVID times. So it's taking longer to build and there's no guarantee it'll get built because the rising costs for everything means that the company is now starting to feel the pressure and there's no government stimulus anymore. You've got to see that some of these construction companies Companies hired a lot of people and tradies, and then there was a period where you couldn't even find anyone. And that was during a time where Home Builder was in play. And I knew at the time as well, I'm like, this isn't a good idea because it's artificially stimulating the market. At some point, the money will dry up, and there's not enough demand for what we're actually putting out there. Now, what's actually interesting is although we think, hey, if population increases, that means more people need homes, that means everywhere the prices are going to go through the roof. And that's where the big mistake will be made. Now, here, based in Sydney, I know a lot of people that have gone out and said, hey, you know what, I'm going to buy in the next. CBD which is Parramatta and if it's not that CBD I'm gonna go buy in Liverpool and that's the next CBD after the CBD that they've been promised but the fact is now the latest data is suggesting that the actual forecasted numbers for going into these areas is gonna decline severely now that doesn't mean the population existing is now gonna decline I'm saying the rate of growth is gonna decline and that is partially due to the pandemic but more so to do with affordability new data has suggested that by year 2041 Parramatta's population will be six hundred and twenty nine thousand which seems Impressive, except it's opposed to the view that they had previously forecasted of 753,000. And I'm going to explain why there's a decline. In addition to that, Liverpool expected to have an increase as well, but they were expected to see an increase of 332,000 people. However, that's now been revised down by 42%, with now 140,000 less people over the next 20 years. So if we have an increase in population, but they're not going to the major hubs that we were once promised they would go to, where are they going? Well, as you can see in this graph here, we've got capital city net outflows, regional area net flows, state shares. And this is till the December quarter of 2021. Now, what we can see here is that in the red, we've got the vacated capital city, and we've got in the orange, settled in regional areas. And you can see in New South Wales, the increase in terms of how many people are moving out of New South Wales being the capital city being Sydney, and then going into the regional areas. And we've seen that across all of Australia, which is actually phenomenal to see, because this means there's going to be further pressure housing pressure on these regional areas. So internally, we've got migration going out, but then externally, what's happening? Are we starting to see that net migration come in? For the first time in six quarters, we have seen Australia's net overseas migration turn positive. And you can see that in this graph here. We had things that were pretty nice until the borders got closed. We've had a negative number in terms of migration out of Australia until recently. And this is very promising for someone to go out there and say, well, if I'm looking at property, I want to go for property that most people are going to buy and they're going to go out and rent. And this is where it comes down to the fact that we're flicked through from easy mode to hard mode. And when the game changes, most of the operators will leave the space because they don't know how to adapt. And then investors that thought it was easy for the last couple of years will make the same mistakes, except this time they're not going to be rewarded with double digit growth. And this is my concern for a lot of people is because we've seen such amazing growth with such little work people are going out there and saying I can repeat this process let me go do it and with a bad purchase now they undo all of the equity growth that they've made over the last couple of years and it doesn't help when stocks and crypto are down in the toilet you've now got housing as an issue because you're buying in the wrong areas the wrong type of asset so the idea with the monetary policy by increasing interest rates is we want to slow down demand but if supply is dwindling away you've got supply listings at all-time lows and they're continuing to be below the five and ten year moving average you've really got to question. How much demand needs to get knocked off before we can start seeing an equilibrium in this market? From what I'm seeing, from what we're doing in the buyers agency as well, we can see that there is pressure in these areas to buy good quality assets. Affordability is not going to change. Thinking it's a concern now, well, it was a concern 50 years ago and nothing's changed. With the increase in population and there's going to be incentives for people to move here, we need the government to step in and actually go in for more social housing as well as increasing that supply. But how does a government do that when they're fighting the battle of inflation and more people being concerned about the cost of lettuce. Yeah, true story. When you thought things were crazy with toilet paper, now we've got lettuce. seems to be a bit of a joke at the moment. But when it comes to these headlines, I think they're all a joke, especially when they're saying it's the fastest slowdown in growth in over 40 years. I've said this before, but no shit, it's going to slow down because we've had the fastest growth ever in history as well. So as you go and navigate through this market, looking at just the demand side by interest rates going up is the wrong way to look at this. We have a ton of demand coming on in the form of new population, as well as internal migration. Some areas are going to prosper. Some areas are going to be left there in a flat market plateau for the next three to five years before we see any sort of growth. If you're interested in sort of going out there, understanding what's happening with the market as well as what's about to happen, then definitely go join me in that webinar that I have tomorrow. If you're watching this at a later date, smash that subscribe button and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks guys.